straight up the price of admission growth stories life lessons turning points service to others truth no bullshit adding value no smoke and mirrors being the pressure third down and ten fighting below the surface win or learn always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder these are the things that i think about when i talk to this group they're still kindling that fire taken to the fleet and beyond living the values today through faith with the family and at the job obsessed with ownership and accountability winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity pedal to the metal paying the price of admission let's go yeah i like that i've been loving these episodes brother man it's been i just yeah honestly it's been really therapeutic for me to process the past and um and also just hear man there's been so many guys that i've lost you know connection with or that i just don't know where they've been so it's been cool to hear their stories no doubt and uh that's another reason why i'm doing this um and uh let's get into your story dude you ready yeah man are we rolling right now we're rolling. I, I just uh, I haven't hit my cutoff point, like like the start point yet. But I think you already hit it. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> um, let's. You're in Alaska. I'm in Alaska. What yes. are you doing in Alaska? <laughs> we uh, no, we're um, on our way back to Thailand. So my wife Erin and I live in Thailand. We've been there for the last two years and. We had come back to the States uh, at the end of, end of July and had been a minute since we'd seen family, friends. There's been some people that have been supporting some of the work we do and so getting a chance to touch base with them. And so we have a friend and, and uh, somebody who's part of our community and team out here who just said, hey, on your way back to Thailand, you want to come to Alaska? And we were like, uh, yeah, let us think and pray about it. And, you know, half a second later it was like, heck yeah, we'll come to Alaska. And nice. so we're in... We're down here in Seward. Um, it's a beautiful town right on the coast. you got mountains all around. I just was on a hike this morning. I mean, it's, it's God's country. It's I'm jealous, spot. dude. So what yeah. are you all doing there on your, your pit stop to Thailand? Um, it's just been an opportunity for us to kind of reset a little bit, um, continue to build a deeper relationship with um, this, the family that lives here. They're probably going to come out and partner with us in some of the work that we do out in Southeast Asia. And so chance to continue to grow in relationship with them, opportunity to encourage some, some other people that are here locally. Um, so it's been, it's been really relaxing, rejuvenating. We've been on the road um, pretty much every couple of days. We're moving to somewhere new over the last three months. So this has been like the first time we've been in one spot for, for multiple nights. So we're, I'm back here in a cabin in the back of his property. Um, and yeah, so it's been, been a blessing to, to come out here. Well, not only is the Wi-Fi doing really well there in the, in the back Good. cabin, uh, but the Southeast <laughs> Asia, uh, you know, what you're doing there is what I'm really excited about getting into. And we'll get to that, but we got a big Great. hunk of, of stuff to get into between sure, man. Uh, now and then. Uh, so for the intro for Ross Pospisil, uh, Ross and Possum, I don't know if anyone else called you that, but I always called you Ross and Possum. <laughs> anyone else called you that? No, that might be, there's not many. I can't think of many. Okay, yeah. all right. So I'm special. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, I, d- Always <clears throat> I was also just finishing up uh, the program. I know you um, you probably listened to, to Sylvie's speech, but he had uh, yes. requested I, I watch the program. I just finished up that 
finished up the program watching that movie. Nice. Have you ever seen that? Bro, I think when I was reading that group text, I was thinking, man, I think I've only seen half of it. So all those guys on there can leave comments. But yeah, I, I was like you. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. So it's on my to-do list. Well, at least you well. saw half of it. So, But <laughs> get prepared after I watched it. I don't think I gained a lot of uh, you know intelligent cells. Um, <laughs> but at least I have a place at the table now. So Yeah, yeah. It's all about getting the place at the table. So... Uh, Ross wore the uh, legendary number 51. Um, he was a, <laughs> a non-Napster. He's the first non-Napster. Hey, I, that, I appreciate you bringing that out, Tony. Yeah, I, there have been uh, wonderful, amazing, you know, brothers from Naps on here, but I'm, I'm thankful to be the first non-Napster. Well, Ross, because you're smart, all right? Nah, I don't know. I don't, I, it worked out. It did work out. <laughs> it worked out. No shit. Uh, yeah. Ocean, ocean look engineering. At, look at, ocean engineering. I will that was your major, right? Yeah, that was my major. I'll never use it, but hey, it worked out for me there. But look, I mean, look at guys like Jeff, Cam, every guy that's been on here. What they're doing in life is ten times smarter than me. So it's books. Books don't mean anything. Scores don't mean anything. All right, you get it. Um, but you're from Texas too. Yes. Which part of Texas? Grew up in Temple, Texas. Just, uh, I'm not a native born. I did transplant there when I was in fifth grade, but it, I call it home. So, so where was yeah, native Temple, born? Texas? I was actually born in uh, Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah, kind of south central Pennsylvania. Yeah, nice. So, I don't really identify with with up there much, but but yeah, Temple Temple is home, even though it's been a number of years since I've lived there. In in Temple, um, that town's blowing up, by the way. Yeah, I used to live in Dallas, and I'd travel home back to Liberty Hill, and I have to go through Temple, and it was just a yeah. mess with all the construction. Um, but you also uh, n not just a football player in Temple; you ran some track, right? <laughs> ran a little track. Yep. Yeah, tell, that was fun. Tell us that story. <laughs> uh, the why I ran track, or what? What are you looking for there? Well, I mean, I, I heard uh, Ross as a freshman was one of the fastest beasts in town in track field. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was a, uh, I, I ran the 400, which is not normally the race that, you know. Um, That's the beast That race. a linebacker would run. Oh, I yeah, guess. It's the running back you know, the race. The crazy race. Yeah. Like, I, I played running back and, and linebacker in high school um, pretty much all the first three years and then my senior year pretty much was just a, a linebacker which was a blessing in disguise but but yeah i mean i was out there i know i was trying to i was trying to bulk up get ready to to go to navy and i think i was running the 400 i was at like 215 thinking back to like i was so frustrated i you know my my dream was always in the open 400 to break 50 seconds and i was like hanging in the low 50s and i'm thinking Goodness. why can't i cross this stupid this stupid gap and i look back and i'm like well it's probably because i just i kept eating and, and lifting and doing all these silly things so well that makes a lot of sense now. anyways because uh <laughs> i ran the 400 too and i was like 62 64 62 ish yeah um, well bro you got you bring a lot of other things to the table than running 400 <laughs> i appreciate that but ross so for the group ross is the non-stop motor um like why everyone else is like gasping for air um <laughs> ross never got tired he's the 400 uh, meter guy right yeah right yeah. um you know it's uh what ross brings to the table is he was the epitome of leaders can never have a bad day 
right? Like we all know yeah. that, and yeah. and we think that, but like Ross emulated that. Um, well, I was crazy to say that. Stop! Stop being so <laughs> I, dang humble. I had a lot of I had a lot a lot of bad days, brother. Gracious of you to say yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. you know we all have bad days. But like yeah, a good leader do. doesn't show it, figures it out, sure. and, and that's that's the Ross that we know. And um, you know you you spent some time as the uh, after graduation uh, the grad assistant role. You mm-hmm. were able to to do that. You know how was that? That was awesome. Honestly, I would say that year was um, more impactful to my, uh, in some ways, my emotional, emotional growth than, uh, than I would have ever known. You know, football had been such an integral part of my life for so many years. It was kind of like an ability for me to grieve and say goodbye to the game, um, being on that other side. And so still being around the guys, having a chance to be in the locker room, you know, even as a TAD to – you know, perfectly encouraged the dudes on the team. But yeah, it, it was honestly, it was kind of like me processing emotionally what it looks like not to have football in my life. So that was really helpful. I could, I could imagine if I wouldn't have had that year, I could still maybe be like that, that guy from uh, Napoleon Dynamite, you know, still talking about my Uncle Rico. <laughs> oh yeah. I could throw that ball over them mountains. Uh, so that helped me to say goodbye and let go and move on um, in a big way. Well, I appreciate you taking that role. Cause you got me some, uh, <clears throat> sideline, uh, Access to the Notre Dame yeah. game in Notre Dame that a couple of years dude. back, so I appreciate that, dude. Yeah, bro. Well, you're doing the doing the good work up at Nap. So, hey, man, you had a you had a that was an awesome man. I I was envious of you guys. You guys were like real coaches. We we obviously were running scout team, but up at Naps, you guys had some awesome opportunities up there. It sounded oh Sprint football. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You were at Sprint, not Naps. Yeah, sorry, Sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Real coaches. Well. You know, there, there's learnings in every journey, right? So I had my learnings yeah. there. We weren't the best, but you know what? Um, yeah. It is what it is. So um, that's the intro for uh, for Ross Pospisil. Now I'm going to turn it over to you and be quiet. Um, <laughs> but we all want to hear where Ross Pospisil came from. Uh, tell, us, tell us your story, man. Yeah, um, I appreciate that, Tony. I- I got to say first here, fellas, uh, continue to text Tony. We want to hear Tony's story. So I know he's the leader of this this it's, deal, but I'm no, excited to hear your story it. coming up. It's so, coming out on every uh, episode. That's why I'm doing this too. Good. Right? So. All right. Well, I'm going to keep after you. So I'm sure you will. Um, when I think about you know stories, and uh, it's been such an honor to hear the other guys on here, there's a lot of things that I, I missed out on. Um, even when I was – you know, even while we were on the same team and same field, a lot of things I missed out on. Um, and so it's really a blessing here where people have been and what's been going on. I think from my perspective, uh, my story, I, I just, I would start where I'm at now um, and kind of who I am. You know, if, if anything, I, I first want to be known as a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to be known as a, as a husband to Aaron A. Um, I'm a brother. I got a, a, a younger sister and a younger brother. I got parents who live up in Pennsylvania and then blessed with a, a bunch of friends and family. I, my wife's family is in Virginia. Amazing when you marry into a family, just the blessing of having, you know, growing your family. You got eight, eight different, um, you know, sisters and brothers and nieces and nephews and, you know, in-laws and all that on that, on that side. So, uh, that's kind of where I'm at now, but how, you know, how to, how to, what did it, what led to here? Um, 
by the grace of God, I'm, I'm here right now today. You know, there's a lot of things. If there's a theme throughout my life, it's like Ross makes mistakes and is given another opportunity, <laughs> another chance, a second chance, uh, True. redemption. Um, yeah, so, um, I, you know, I moved around a lot. I don't know many people realize that I lived in like seven different states before I was 10 years old. So moving around a lot growing up, you need to learn a lot of things about how to make friends. Why'd you move uh, so you, much? You pick up some bad habits. My dad, um, my dad's job, uh, my dad's a pastor, but then some in between times worked, worked as a, uh, painting houses and you know, kind of industrial painting. But by and large, it was just his job that took us to different places. And so, uh, so, so how'd you feel about that when you were a little kid and you were like doing all yeah. those moves? Cause I mean, I know my kids are feeling that too. And we're finally finding a spot that they're getting settled down. Yeah. Like they're liking that, you know, like, you know, it's kind of, it, it was like clockwork, you know, every two years we, we didn't have a whole lot growing up in, in the sense of we didn't go out to eat much. You know, we were always provided for, don't get me wrong, but like we didn't go out to eat, you know? And so we, it's like every year, two Needs. years when we went out to eat. I felt like it was like, Oh, all right, we're going to move. Parents are breaking the news to us. Um, so, you know, it exposed me a lot of different, uh, a lot of different communities. It taught me just the value of family because when you're moving a lot, you know, your your family is who you have. Um, and so it, it formed some great memories with them. Um, it just exposed me to a lot of different places. And again, I'm really young. So I my my major developmental years really happened in Texas there in Temple, uh, which I'm, I, I'm so thankful I could spend, my, you know, middle school and high school there. But um, I think, if anything, the impact of moving a lot when you're younger, uh, one thing is outside of the positive of growing close to family, one of the challenges for me was like not, not being a people pleaser. Because when you're trying to make new friends, you're trying to kind of, you, you want to fit in. And that's yep. been something that was a challenge for me, you know, developing kind of like, all right, I know how to fit in with the crowd and blend in kind of thing. And so that even as a, a grown man, you know, that's what does it mean to stand to stand, uh, stand firm and stand true for what you believe in? Yeah, uh, it's a hard thing to do. And so you have to fight against that. But yeah, there's 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 ups and downs. <laughs> no doubt. No, thanks so, for sharing that. What happened next? Yeah. I was in. Uh, so, yeah, Temple, Texas. Um Spent uh, fifth grade all the way to through when I graduated um, there. Really thankful for that community, close-knit community. Um, that's when sports really kind of took over for me. I, I was kind of a, not kind of, I mean, I weighed 120 pounds in the third grade. I was a thick, thick youngster. Probably people thought, like, what is this guy athletically ever going to achieve? And, like, again, God's grace, I, I hit an early growth spurt and, um, I was one of the weird kids that like was running out on uh, at T-ball and they're like, hey, where's your birth, birth certificate? You, do you belong on this field? Are you really 12 years old kind of thing? Or I guess I guess <laughs> that, by 12, 12 years, 12 years old isn't T-ball, but you know, oh, um, that's a good thing, though. But uh, yeah, so sports just became became my, one of my huge focuses all through, you know, my teenage years. And I, I look at the game of football as having such a profound impact on my development, you know, the things that we've been talking about or I've been listening to you talk about and the other guys on this podcast is just how the, how the game of football can teach you so much about life. And so, um, that was it. That, that'd be kind of, that became my focus. I had aspirations. I wanted to play in the NFL. That was like, you know, I'm, I'm the weird kid in eighth grade during the summer running sprints on the hill next to his house. Cause like, that's all I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, thankfully, 
you know, I went through a series of setbacks. I, I tore both of my groins in high school and it totally changed the trajectory of my, my athletic career in some ways in the sense that, um, you know, my dreams of, both of rising to yeah, you tore both groins. How'd yeah, you do that? I had to have surgery. Uh, just playing, playing the sport, you know, goodness, um, over time and, you know, kind of playing through the pain, you, you, you wrap up a leg. So it, it removed a lot of my ability to, to do things that I, that I wanted on the field. You know, my first love was, was, was as a running back and I, I had dreams of doing that. And, and, um, so I'm thankful though, you know, in, in that, makes bit, that makes sense. That makes sense now oh, really? because, you know, like I was able to compete with you in, in college. So if you tore both your groins before that, then. <laughs> oh, I was better by that point. I, yeah, that was better. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to say that the the injury changed my trajectory more. Um, it changed my focus in some ways, in a lot of ways, because it 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 showed me like I can't put everything into football. Like uh, when when that happened, I was a sophomore, had surgery going into my junior year, and it just is a reminder. Like something you love so much can be taken away so quickly, and and True. so. Um, and that kind of continued to that's continue to happen, you know. Uh, Going into college, I was coming off of uh, an 0-10 senior season. I mean, you want to talk about feeling like a failure. My, our high school team did not win a single game. And, again, that crushed me because not, not only did I feel like a failure athletically, but as a, I felt like as a leader I was a failure in every way. Um, you know, how could my senior year we go 0-10? And, and, and the town I grew up in is a pretty proud football town, so, like, kind of add fuel to the fire which was carrying that weight around. Um, yeah. And so I was thankful again, like going to Navy was, was redemption, like opportunity to, to have a shot to play and be a part of a team that, that could be successful. I could never have imagined what it would have become, but yeah, like it was like redemption, just getting accepted to, to come and, and play and go to the school there. Um, uh, like I, I hadn't won a game, you know, it's crazy. I lost the last 15 games of my, my high school career. So like Gosh. the first game we won JV JV game at I think we won our first JV game and I was like oh this is what it feels like to win. <laughs> uh, well, you fit so, right in, you know, getting yeah. knocked down, have to get right back up. So, <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, obviously went to the Naval Academy, uh, 2010 grad. You know, couldn't have imagined how God would use my time there in Annapolis over those four years to shape and mold me. Um, as a man to grow me, you know, being around guys like, um, like you, Tony and, and others on, a, on the team, I never really knew what it meant to be a part of a team. I talked a lot about being part of a team before, but I was, it was all talk, you know? And so being finally, I would say Navy football was the first true team I was ever on that really relied on each other. Um, uh, you know, poured into each other, uh, were, were willing to bleed for each other. Um, that was special. And it really had a, had a dramatic impact yeah all my life that, I, that i'm still realizing today and um like the, I, the term brother i use the term brother all the time and i used to think I, I never i never i actually never used that term before navy football and and i don't i don't you know some people say well that's kind of a flippant word to throw out around but truly i began to know like what it meant to feel like a part of a brotherhood being with you guys um and in a lot of ways you know, it's hard to break into being a direct guy. I remember seeing you guys early on. You guys were manimals, like coming out of naps there. 
and thinking like, man, how can I ever stand on a field with these guys? Um, a lot of times still today, I wonder how I ever did, uh, but to be able to then be in community and, and have, you know, relationship with, with y'all was special. Um, and, uh, yeah, something I'll be forever thankful for. You know, we could talk forever about those years, but that was, yeah, that's what I took away from that is what does it mean like to be part of a team, to be part of a community and a brotherhood? Um, and it showed me everything when I, when I talk about, I, I worked there at the Naval Academy from 17 to 20, and I talked to midshipmen a lot and, and I said, whatever activity you're in, especially if you're in a sport, but it could be other activities. If you're in a team setting, everything you're learning right now can, will be applied to every phase of your life moving forward. You know, um, I don't care what it is, whether it's being an officer, whether it's being a, a husband and father or just a contributing member to society. Like those activities and especially in a, a dynamic like like Navy football. Oh, my gosh. What an amazing training ground for life. Um in all ways so no doubt yeah but my my kind of my backbone as a as a marine was like all right what did i see done well in uh, at navy football and what what can i emulate and what can i develop in the teams that i'm a part of like navy football was that that was it was uh the good and the bad and the ugly kind of the lessons learned there so that was cool jump right into the price of admission right now what does the price of admission mean to you Price of admission. Uh, I think, as I've been thinking about this and hear guys talk, um, the first word that comes off the top of my head is cost. You know, if there's a price, it, it implies that there's a cost. And uh, there's a cost to everything. Um, you know, nothing in life is truly free. Whether that cost is at, you know, it's, whether it's a cost to you or a cost to somebody else, you know. When I'm given a gift, um, it might not cost me something. It's free to me, but it, it costs somebody else something. And so, um, you know, in a large part, those those gifts that I, that we're we're all given are the that's where the the greatest joys in life come from. So we obviously all work for things, and there's tangible things. You know, we we saw the things. You know, the things that we were expected to go through and, and to contribute to. And there's some tangible rewards to that. You know, there's a, there's a price you have to pay personally, but there's a lot of things that, you know, that I experienced, um, whether it be Navy football or I've experienced in, uh, marriage with my wife, Erin a, like there's, there's gifts and joys that I in, uh, am the recipient of that. I didn't, I didn't pay into at all. And so someone else did though. So, yeah, when I think of price of admission, I just think of that word cost and think about grace and that that goes along with it. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how hard I would have worked or you would have worked. Um, but the fact that everyone worked together, you know, that cost that we all paid. Um, and then by the grace of God, we ex we experienced some some amazing highs together um, as being part of a, the Navy football team. So. Um, yeah, I just kind of keep going back to that. The cost. That sense. The cost. What does that cost? And who's paid it? And honestly, the, in the ultimate sense, I think Cam referenced this too, but the ultimate sense, I just go back, there's a cost like <clears throat> to freedom. Um, freedom isn't free. I love there's a, there's a monument in the, I think it's a Korean War Memorial. I just love that. It says freedom isn't free and it's not. And so, 
getting to see that from a small standpoint with Navy football, again, going back to how you look at it in this finite realm to how does it, you know, what are things you learn there that apply um, above and beyond? Yeah. That's a good definition. It's funny how we go through these, uh, what does it mean to you? And then everyone's got a little, little different spin on it. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, it's really they're all hard awesome. uh, to make a standard out of that that definition. So that's a good one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if mine's a full definition, but that's just the thoughts I well, random I, thoughts. I, I say us. definition. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's intangible. Um, yeah. So what are you doing today? Yeah. Um, today I am um, so. so still a reservist in the Marine Corps. Um, that's kind of what was a focus for 10 years on active duty in the last two years has become, I'm the part-timer that shows up, uh, one week, you know, here and there out of the, uh, I did that. For I, I really only, years. I understand. Yeah. It, so, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, so that, that has shifted from being the main focus of my, you know, that's my mission and effort in life to my wife and I now we serve, um, international missions in, in Southeast Asia, predominantly in, in Thailand, um, we've done a little bit of work uh, around the area there too in Myanmar, also known as Burma. Um, yeah, we've been to the Middle East a little bit, but uh, but yeah, our, you know this what the sense of being mission minded. I just always been a part of me. You know, the mission changes um, where you're at, but uh, that's the, the shift on mission for me has been now um, shifting from whatever that unit I'm in to and the development and the, the growth of those Marines, you know, that used to be the mission to now, um, the people around me, we serve, uh, oppressed people and one in the, um, in Southeast Asia and Burma region, we serve people along the border there, um, that have just been displaced from their home. About a million people are displaced inside of Burma right now because of a civil war that's been running about 70 years. So we're fortunate to be a part of an organization that serves those people. And then, um, my wife and I also work, uh, with the international church in Chiang Mai. So yeah, I went from, went from Marine to somehow like quasi missionary. I don't know if I like that term, but that's, yeah, that's what some people would, you know, I guess that's a, a, a space that would identify with people. But you, you were telling me about that when we went to the Memphis game and it just totally blew my mind. Um, what does the day in the life look like for Ross? <laughs> Yeah, it just depends where we're at. Um, if we're in Chiang Mai, you know, I'm, I'm working in kind of a bivocational realm. It's, a, I guess, I segment my days. You know, Monday's kind of like meeting day. Tuesdays are, you know, whatever those after those action items coming out of meetings and staff meetings, both from the church realm and and then also with the um, with the Free Burma Rangers, the organization we work with. I'm the medical logistics coordinator, so a lot of times it's. I don't know medicine, but I know logistics from our time in the Marine Corps. So I'm shopping, I'm ordering through different vendors. I'm, I'm working with our team to pack and ship medical supplies um, to our different teams that need them, clinics that need them. Um, so that could be a, that could be one essence. You know, uh, Wednesday, Thursday is kind of like, all right, what events are going on? We do kids clubs, uh, both in Thailand and in the surrounding areas. Um, man events for church uh oh by the way i might be prepping for a drill coming up like so sometimes it feels like you're pulled in about a million directions but the opportunities so such a such a blessing 
no doubt. And I got to ask right now, just because the world's feeling it, and I want to see yeah. the other side of the world's feeling it too. How's inflation impacting <laughs> your ability to purchase yeah. those Ooh. types of things? Um, I mean, the so the bot that we use in Thailand is is gone up. When we showed up, is about thirty bot per dollar. Now it's about thirty six bot per dollar. So it's it's actually thankfully it's grown. It's with the dollar and the inflation of the dollar. Um, we haven't seen a huge impact. Fuel has been the biggest thing we've been hit on gotcha. in, in Southeast Asia and Thailand. Things are so cheap there, though. Like I have no room to complain. Uh, so it's it's not enough to to be noticeable. So you driving um, a you know eight cylinder truck down there, or like what do you, no. what do you, what do you, you transport? No, I mean when when uh, I mean pers- personally, we have mopeds. We mopeds mostly because it's so cheap on gas. Yep. We have a little uh, Toyota Avenza, which is a little one. I mean that. I think there's motorcycles with bigger engines. It's like a 1.5 liter little <laughs> four yeah, cylinder. So, so what's your miles uh, per gallon in that sucker? Oh man, since we do liters, I don't even know. Liters. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I went. Yeah, there. everything's just, in liters over there. I, yeah, I couldn't do that conversion off the top of my head right now. Sorry. Yeah, I was just I was thinking about it's, the it's the good. truck that I was able to drive in Afghanistan when I was there, and it was uh, it was a diesel, and it uh, yeah. hardly ever had to fill it up. Yeah, inside the yeah. base, it's it's just crazy how the rest of the world utilizes transportation that doesn't cost yeah. so dang much on gas or diesel. Yeah, yeah. So that's what. Yeah, we use diesel with our bigger bigger trucks that we run logistics stuff with. You know, the organization trucks. So, um, yeah, diesel's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so what's so you're doing great things. Uh, what's the next step? What's on the horizon for Ross? It's a great question. You know, we'll head back. Thailand's our home now, um, so we'll head back here next uh, next couple of days. And you know, we think of it in terms of seasons. Another thing that football has taught me is like I think about in seasons of life. And so the next season of life is probably going to be, you know, about a somewhere between twelve to eighteen months. You know, um, before we come back to the states to visit for a month or two and. Um, yeah, for me, it's, you know, now that we've made Thailand home and we're stepping into, like, all right, this this is permanent for us now, or at least as long as God leads. Um, how can we help the organizations that we're a part of be the healthiest that they possibly can be? You know, where are the areas that we need to grow? Um, what, are, what are roles and responsibilities I need to step into to help achieve that? Um, one of the areas I'm going to be stepping into is uh, overseeing our chaplain development program. So... What is the spiritual health of, of um, yeah, the, the Free Burma Rangers, the people we serve? How can I be a part of uh, really encouraging and building into others so that they can be as spiritually healthy as, as they can be? And ultimately growing a closer relationship with Jesus is what I believe spiritual health means. So um, that's going to be a new thing that I'm stepping into. And then for us, so, for Aaron hold, and hold I, we, we still— Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. So that's a new role you're stepping into. Yeah. You feel yeah. ready for it? Newer role. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I mean, am I ready for it? I don't know if I ever truly feel ready for anything, but I'm excited for the, the challenge. Um, what's you know, what's going to be different with that challenge versus what you're doing now? Yeah. Uh, on one sense, it'll be less uh, task-driven, and there'll be a little bit more of an increase on personnel development. You know, uh, yeah. working in metal, the medical logistics realm, there's – there's obviously team. I'm always there's always a team, and so that 
you know, pouring into that team is important um, and, and is necessary no matter what, you know, what we're doing. But less of like, all right, you got to get this widget and move it, you know, from, yeah. from this place to that place. So less of that and more of like, all right, so um, our leaders, you know, like the leaders we have, um, whether it be the Western leaders that are part of it or the ethnic side, you know, like, hey, where are the areas that, that they want to grow and how can I help coach and, and be a partner with them and encouraging that growth? You know, what are the, what are some of the rhythms and practices that we need as a, as an organization maybe to help encourage that, um, inter- encourage that spiritual growth? Sounds like, um, you so. know, to me, that sounds fun. Yeah. Like a, a fun excited. change, right? Yeah. No, I, and that's more, that's more my, that's honestly more what I'm passionate about. Sure. Uh, I always want to, serve to to meet a need and so i'm thankful to do that and i'll still serve in the logistics realm some because there's needs there but yeah my uh my heart my passion is to work with people and um yeah to be in whatever small way i can you know someone who encourages and inspires and um helps people grow uh, ultimately for god's glory so awesome is there anything else you want to tell us about the next steps of ross before we flash back to Ooh, some more flashbacks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's an exciting uh, it's an exciting time. I'll just put out there uh, if any of the brothers want to to learn more, they can always go to gogrowtogether.com. Gogrowtogether.com. That's Aaron and I's little. Um, we have a little website, so y'all can make fun of that all you want there. Uh, but opportunity to see we, we share newsletters just uh yeah where we're where we're headed what we've been up to um and we're just thankful for people being uh in our community to encourage and support us and so yeah our at, at the end of the day we just want to encourage people uh to be on mission um wherever they're at uh so be on mission loving others true is that y'all's website that's our website, yeah. Personal, okay, perfect. Personal we're, website. We're going to come back to that at the very end of this. We're going to say it again, so uh, uh, that's good. Um, back to uh, Ross uh, Ross Pospisil, childhood football idol. Did you ever have one of those? Uh, yep, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. <laughs> California? Joe Montana. San Francisco? 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. You know, Why Joe Montana? Dude, that's a great question. Um, I did a, like, uh, we had to do, like, who's your hero report in fifth grade. And I don't know why, but I chose him. And he, like, I think he was even done playing or at the end of his career by then. But just. Must have been uh, on a lot of commercials or something, though. Yeah, he had. I don't even know how he got on my radar. Like, this is in the, this would have been the the late 90s. So he might have even have moved over and been with the Chiefs by that point. But, yeah, he. He was the guy for me from, gotcha. from a football standpoint. Gotcha. I had to ask you that question because mine was a, a was a linebacker. Yeah. Um, Who was that? Derek Johnson. Texas Derek Longhorns. Johnson. Derek Johnson yeah, went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he was kind of like the guy when we were in high school. So. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. The next question. Navy football has a, has a huge – I feel a huge tradition of um, like linebacker excellence, right? Like that, the, mm. the core of linebacker 
Um, you know, historically he has a lot of greats uh, known for the backers and, you know, when you came to, to Navy, did you have that perception or did, is it something that built on you once you, once you got there? Honestly, yeah, it's something that uh, I became more aware of once, once I got there and, and realized, oh my gosh, this is a, there's a, a heritage here and a lineage of guys that have come before us that have set the bar high, 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 right? Um, I, I really didn't start watching Navy football probably until like my junior year of high school. And I, I did a poor job of like learning about, uh, about who, who we are and we were and all those well, stuff. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Like, I didn't know what Navy football was until yeah. I got a call from Spence. So yeah. Right. Oh yeah. I was, I was a Spence recruit too, man. You were, you got a good yeah. Spence story. Oh, uh, I've already heard most of them on here. I would have shared the, the, honestly, the, <laughs> The what did you do over the summer? And he says I got cancer. That's probably one of my favorites. All right, so um, you heard that one too. I wasn't just heard thinking that one. about it. All right. You know, he spoke uh, every time he would call. He would just use the same line. Like I didn't even have. To, I'd just say hello, and all I'd hear, "Hey, Ross, Coach Todd Spencer from Navy. How you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. Great guy. I miss that guy. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, what's a uh... How about Danny O? You got a good coach story there? Or, Danny O. Or John's or some some good coach uh, story. We got to throw a, a good coach story in there. Let me think. You know, I was a terrible blitzer off the edge, I would say. And I will never forget uh, good old Steve Johns ripping into me. I think it was our senior year. Like, ripping into me as I tried to come off the come off the edge. And he's like asking me if my feet are in molasses or if I went to the beach that day because I'm like running through quicksand and and I was just like coach I'm trying I'm trying as hard as I can I'm trying to get there uh but I you know I loved about our coaches is they didn't mince words um I think you know that's important I think it's important to tell it like it is and I I miss that kind of culture uh it's it's hard to find that um in today's day and age so Danny O didn't mince words you know and uh honestly it challenged me I'd say a, a, a thing that I learned from da- playing under, especially Danny O, is early on, you know, I'd always kind of grow up and, and I didn't really have a coach in high school who was super hard on me. Um, I was kind of the hardest person on myself. And then Danny O was actually harder on me than I was on myself. Yep. And so I had to learn, I had to learn how to, this crucial skill, I think, I really believe is like, I had to learn to be my own cheerleader at different times, like how to, how to silence the naysayer in my head and then just turn, pump up the volume and, and, uh, you know, really, uh, cheer myself on. Now there's a time to be your own, own critic, but I was like in this place early on playing for Danny. Oh, that I was the, I was my own worst critic. Danny obviously expected a lot of us, which I'm glad he did, but I was just like floundering because I never, I was just, there's just so much weight I put on myself. So it was good to learn that. I'm glad I'm thankful I could learn that at a young age, like of when to flip the switch between being a critic and, and when to be, you know, a coach, a cheerleader for yourself. So, yeah, I think there's a lot um, more to go there. I, I was talking with uh, Clint, um, and, and he felt a similar type of like thing. Um, I think we all felt it. Like if you screwed mm-hmm. up, you like got pulled out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sucked. Um, mm-hmm. But did you ever feel that way with Danielle? Like About- you, well, you, 
you practice. Oh, you like grind. You do the steps. Yeah. And then game yeah. time. And then um, yeah. You know you're playing, and then one mistake takes you out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like being afraid not to make mistakes makes made me a terrible football player. True. You know, like that's some of the things I felt. Like, you know, when we were all thrust into the opportunity to play our sophomore year. Um, when I was listening to Clint talk, you know, when Clint went down, I would have never played my sophomore year. I wouldn't have touched the field if Clint wouldn't have gotten hurt. Like, that's crazy to think about. Um, Like, the opportunity for me to grow and develop as a player came at the, uh, think about price of admission, came at the cost of Clint's injury. Like, that that breaks my heart to think about that. But, like, in the grand scheme, somehow, like, his injury, which is painful as it was, provided an opportunity. And that's just, that's football there. And so, yeah, then I remember being so scared to make mistakes because it was so quick. Like me and you played musical chairs. It felt like sometimes like yeah. boom, 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 boom. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I had, to, I had to grow through that because like we can't, you can't play scared. You can't live life scared to make mistakes. Um, you're just tentative in all you do. And so, yeah, that was another good thing I had to work through. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk more to Irv Spencer about that topic. Oh, uh, you're going to pull him in. I am. No, I had to cancel. Dude, him, that's, uh, Yesterday, actually, because that's something else going on. But I'm excited to get uh, that'd back be home. great to hear. Of. But, yeah. but I'm sure he felt the same way, right? I mean, obviously, he's like yeah. he's. We were the sophomores. He was a senior. Um, it was it was really hard to pull Spence out, but he got pulled out too when he yeah. made a small yeah. mistake. Um, yeah. And and that that's one thing that I think that um, didn't serve us well um, mm. in our you know in our journey there. Um, and I I even. And that's a good lesson to take away to, you know, for, for nowadays with where we're at today. And, you know, you're going to have people that are going to make mistakes. Sure. Be careful on your reaction to that mistake sure. based off the situation and where they're at yeah. and what they're going to do after the fact. Right. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. it can affect you for a long time. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, you're right. That's something I'm, I'm sure as a father, you see that even. uh how do you react yeah, to your true. own kids' mistakes, right? Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, I, I've got one son, and I've got two girls, and my girls get away with so much stuff. Uh, and my son <laughs> being the son, right, is I'm, I'm like, super critical on him with yeah. with stuff, and I want him to be the best, and I want him to grow up the right way, but, you know, makes one mistake, like, can't pull him out of the game for that. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. You're right. I don't know. That's the takeaway You're there, right. the the one to hit. So. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you know, I think part of you talk about blessings coming in in disguise. You know, like with a test, there's always I think there's an opportunity for growth. And so with that, true, right? It wasn't the ideal. That wasn't the ideal circumstance or scenario, like to grow as a player, maybe in 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 some senses. At, but in other senses, it was because. It, it really forged, I felt like it forged between all of us a bond, like, because uh, we all just, we, we wanted to play well, we wanted to contribute, and so there was never any, like, I didn't ever sense, like, a man, Tony gets to play, like, I don't like Tony because he's playing more than me, it was more like, I want to see Tony do the best he can, and same, for, I felt from you, like, I want to see Rossick do the best he can, because we all know what it feels like to be, get pulled, and we don't want, we, like, we legitimately, we want to, it's like this fine line, like, we both want to all wanted to play and do it to the best of our ability, but also like we're rooting for each other. And that's rare to have that kind of environment. True. I feel like in, in a, in a organization. 
I agree with you. I think there was that that spot on with the way our mentality was, uh, but I also recognized the fact that uh, that was a reality out of the way the coach mm-hmm. worked. And, I, yeah. and I, I'm not 100% sold on how that, that took down or that took place. Yeah. Right? So yeah, sure. at, at the end of the day, it's a learning point. Um, yeah. It's something that we took away from it. Um, but I agree with you. There was no, you know, no, you know, interpersonal conflict because no. of it. We were always pushing yeah. each other. It's just the way, you know, naturally the way that thing worked. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Is there, um, I heard you have a tattoo. I got a couple, yeah. You got a couple tattoos? I got, I got two. Yeah, I got two tattoos. What are those tattoos, up, man? Because <laughs> I've never seen them. Uh, I mean, we have to go to a pool party or something, I guess. To right, I so got that... a, uh, I got a side, I got a side piece um, on my left side. Oh, a gun? No, no. I'm trying to think when it was. It was 2017. Um, I think it's 2017. No, it's like I actually had somebody design it online. Uh, create my ta- create your tattoo.com. I'm not like giving them a plug, but they did, you know, they did a good job. Uh, <laughs> I, I had, I've been kind of simmering on this. It's a Bible verse, um, from nice. Psalms 25 and it talks about waiting on the Lord. And, uh, and when we wait on the Lord, he'll, he'll make our path straight and he will, um, yeah, really allow us to step into kind of a new space that we've never been before. But, but the, the verse really for me, this, this term wait, like, uh, I'm a very active person. I'm a person who like wants to seize things life by the horns. And, and so I was, uh, just struggling with this idea of waiting for many years. I felt like it was very, very passive, very, um, I don't know, kind of like, uh, throwing in the towel. But this verse reminded me that, that when you wait on the Lord, like he will give you strength. And so like, there's a lot of things in life that I can't control, and so it just was, yeah, it was a real challenge and encouragement to me. It's a picture of some some mountains falling into an ocean. Um, yeah, it probably sounds really cheesy right now. But anyways, that's what it oh, is. Uh, let's go scuba diving. Memorialize that time. Yeah, let's do it. So, Well, that's one. What's the other one? The other one is I have a, a flower on my wrist that uh, reminds me of my wife, uh, Erin A. Um, awesome. So she's my wildflower, so it's a little wildflower on my wrist. Uh, she has the same wildflower um, on her. And so, yeah, it's just it's right under my watch. And every time I look at it, it just reminds me of the great the great gift I've been given in her. And, um, yeah, when we're not together, it gives me a chance to think and pray for her. And so, yeah, that's the other one I have. Awesome. You know, I was driving home today, and I was thinking – you know, I'm going to talk to Ross tonight. Um, I need to find something really special to, you know, <laughs> to talk about. And uh, yeah. I called uh, Rashawn King, Drex. Oh, on the way home, I didn't get a hold of him because he was busy. Oh, um, but when okay. I was on the treadmill, he gave me a call back, and he gave me that little intel, so I had to ask about it. <laughs> Drex sold me out. That's sold funny. you out. No, you need to. You need to. I'm just kidding. Dude. You need to get. Yeah, uh, thanks. I yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm super thankful. I'm not embarrassed of them at all. Just just laughing, just joking. You need to get him on here with his nine kids, man. I'm going to. He doesn't Dude. know it yet, but I'm going to. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll turn it into a like a TV show or something because that's crazy. Nine kids. Yeah. I got. It's wild. Yeah. They're doing awesome. We got to see them a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, no, from everything I see, like, he's building them up. They're taking care of each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody pulls their weight type of deal. Like, yeah. He, he's doing yeah, it right cool. for sure. Um, well, dude, um, what else? I'm like, I'm kind of at the end of this thing. I want to, I want to draw it out. Yeah. I want to hear more about Ross Pospisil, but, uh, yeah, sure. Well, I, I think there's a couple of things I wanted to pull out if you don't mind. Um, Go. One thing that I thought, you know, as I've listened to guys talk, something that that just really impacted me about the time we had together um, playing together is going back to this, this thought I shared about, man, just all having a, this passion and un, this pursuit of, of, of winning, you know, winning as a team, but winning – Obviously, there's a there's a win and a loss column. Like uh, at the end of the game, someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. But also wanting to see each other win, you know, in whatever position that was. So like getting after each other, whether it be in a, a position battle or or offense and defense, but yeah, always being for each other. I just thought that was really unique. You know, something that I recognize I recognized when I was a platoon commander. Like that's not something everyone gets. You know, the fact that. You can compete against someone and drive each other to be the best you possibly can be, and you can also be best friends. You know, like so. Uh, yeah. I, 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 and the way I saw this is like I, I kind of pitted my squad leaders against each other. I wanted them to drive each other to be better. I didn't kind of. I did it. But what happened is I recognized they didn't have the 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 basis um, of this true this depth of of caring for each other and loving each other that it actually made them enemies. It didn't, it didn't draw them closer. It like actually kind of made them enemies. And I was like, what the heck have I just done? You know what I mean? So I just, I recognized in that moment how special it was. And I just like, I don't know if I've ever told you, Tony, like how special it was for, to build a a close relationship with you and still be at, especially maybe like our sophomore year. Like if you were starting, I wasn't, or if I was starting, you weren't, you know? And so like, that's hard. Like those are our dreams right there to start a D one play for the, you know, Navy midshipmen and the reality that on a given Saturday, either one of us could be in in the way of each other's dreams. And so like the fact that you didn't allow that to prevent us, you know, growing as, as friends and brothers, man, that's such a gift. And so, and I saw that, that's not just, I saw that so many other position groups. Um, and so like, I thought that's just something really special. I'm I value to this day. Yeah. Uh, It's it's funny you say that I, you know, I work a, you know, I, I cover a three shift operation and I felt the same way in a lot of, you know, occasions like didn't want to, you know, cause ultra conflict between shifts. Yeah. Uh, it's a natural yeah. thing that happens. Uh, but there's like some extra things you got to do because not everybody thinks like that. Right. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we were, like you said, very fortunate to, yeah. to know all compete and not see it like that um not everybody does um and i would say 95 percent of the general population doesn't see it like that i'll say 99 percent right like it's that special one percent that's what it takes like um so i feel you there yeah i mean so like how do you yeah how were you able to crack? Were you able to crack that? Um, no, I've still not been able to crack it. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I thought I had I, it there I, for a while. Uh, cause I had some really awesome leaders there for a while. And yeah. then, you know, like the great regs, of the nation hit and everyone went and got better jobs <laughs> cause they were awesome. 
So, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's, know, it's really it's, hard to find a tight knit team like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's special. Uh, to be able to experience that. And, and again, you have that to carry forward into life. Really special. No doubt. What is it? What does it look like? You know, something that I've also been thinking about is recognizing how I've lost contact with a lot of people, you know, um, like now I feel like I can pick up where I left, like where we left off seeing you guys at the game at Memphis was so special, you know, um, but it, but hearing people talk on the podcast, it also remind it highlights something that saddens me that I've lost, I've lost touch with a lot of people, um, in some ways. And, and that's something I'm still struggling with. Like, as I meet all these people around the world, uh, like, what does it mean to be connected to these people? How do I do that? What does it look like? Um, I don't know. It's something I continue to navigate. Uh, so I, yeah, I share that one as something I'm, I'm, I'm continually trying to understand and figure out. I think it's a faith walk. And then two, I'm curious how you, like you've moved a lot, but it's, I do sense like you've been able to, you've remained connected to a core group of guys way better than I have. So what does that look like for you? Um, um, doesn't, doesn't really I don't know what I'm doing right now with these with these conversations yeah. that I'm posting online for everybody to hear and <laughs> you know yeah. take a little bit of risk there. I mean that's kind of what I'm doing because yeah. uh, you know that you know 99% doesn't get it right. So I I, I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to uh, to get that one percent back in you know yeah. to talk to each other and tell their stories and um, yeah. yeah because you know. There's not a whole lot of people like that. And yeah. the closer you are to those type of people, the the fun of this thing gets, right? Like yeah. the more motivation you have, the more inspiration you're going to get. Um, so you just got to keep flooding your mind with those positive thoughts. And I was like, well, might as well get, you know, get some of those, uh, so those thoughts from, from this group because they're, they're mm -hmm. badasses. Like, Ross and, <laughs> you know, Sylvie Nishak, Jordan Stevens, uh, Jeff Lenar, Austin Milky, and those to come. So, um, yeah, no, that's know. a great idea. Yeah. And I think continuing to find ways to have touch points, you know, whether it be a game every couple of years or, or podcasts like this, it's something I'm, I'm growing in and learning. Um, all I know is, yeah, my desire to stay connected to you all to everybody that listens to this from, from whether it be 2010 or anybody that, that we were teammates with during that time, you know, is uh, definitely an important priority of mine. Yeah. Especially while you're going to be in Thailand for the rest of your life. Yeah. And maybe that's why I've been wrestling <laughs> with it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if rest of my life, but definitely joking uh, around with yeah. the rest of your life, you know, but like that, yeah. that's your near term, we'll long term see. goals, right? So, yeah. That's, that's no, for the foreseeable you. future. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Kentucky definitely. and I'm trying to reach out to people like, you know, a uh, hundred miles away you're on the other side of the world so <laughs> yeah that's just a reality and i think you know in terms of um the prices we pay there's a, all the different field career fields and different things that everybody is in there's a there is a cost associated with it um it's worth it you know it's worth it's worth the cost but it's a reality of the choices we make and the, the things we pursue and the things we're led led to do so no doubt yeah. Um, one more time. How can, you know, the listeners help out um, Ross's mission today? Oh, 
you know, I, if you're the praying type, which I believe prayer is the, is the greatest thing we can do, you can pray for us. Um, and, uh, and, and just pray that, that we are led to the people that need, have the, have the greatest needs and that we can serve to, to work alongside and come alongside to meet those, um, you know, pray for our team that we have that, uh, we're, we're multi-ethnic, you know, multinational team, just it, that, having a team like that is a challenge so that we could be united in, in, uh, in one heart, um, our love for, our love for Jesus, our love for each other. So that's one of the biggest ways I would love, love it. You know, I'm always encouraged when people reach out and say, Hey man, thinking about you, I, I need to do that better. So that's another tangible way. Sending a text. Hey brother, how you doing? Miss you. Um, that's always an encouragement. Like I would love to do that too. I, I need to get better at that. Um, so yeah, and then there's the organization we work for uh, or, or volunteer with, Free Burma Rangers. You can learn more about them. You can find the link at our website, or what? you can go to their own website. Free what Burma. Rangers? Free Free Burma Ranger. Free Free Burma, Burma Ranger. Rangers. That's it. FreeBurmaRangers.org. You can oh. learn about what they do. Um, you know, there's a cost financially to to everything, so you can you can give to people like them on their website. Um, if you ever have a desire to do that. But honestly, the biggest is just the prayers and sharing the stories, right? Like as you, as you, as people learn more about what's going on on that side of the world, helping uh, educate people and bring them, um, bring them in, into just an awareness of some of the evil that there's a lot of evil that's happening around the world. You know, I know the, the whole world's focus has been shifted to Ukraine recently and what Russia's doing, but there's thousands of people over in, uh, in Burma, and that's that's just one country. There's other countries like that, but the country that God's led us to is there. That have been, you know, millions fleeing their homes, thousands that are being killed um, for no reason at all. So, um, a pre- mm-hmm. the there there are people around this world, yeah, that that need help, um, and that's even right within our own country's borders. So I I, I would be remiss to say like you have to go anywhere else. Uh, you have to you don't, we don't have to go outside of America to find people that need help. So um, that's just where we've been led right now. Purpose driven, for sure, man. Um, and then gogrowtogether.com. Yeah, gogrowtogether.com. You didn't mention that <laughs> one. That one's important too. And I look for the uh, look for the chat group. You know, you know, any kind of I look for the shout outs on there. They're making fun of different things. <laughs> yeah, I'm making fun of speaking of. You better go watch the program. The rest of it, the other fifty percent. I know, right, program. man. Tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> One movie and you're like, <laughs> it's all good. Huh? Carpet. It's all good. I'm used to it. Um, yeah. Ross, awesome conversation tonight. Um, really appreciate it. I wish we can uh, just keep on going, but um, really, really, you know, thankful for what you're doing over there and um, the humility, your, you know, sacrifice, you know. Um, you know, other than going to Alaska right now and enjoying Alaska, <laughs> you know, other than that, then you guys are doing great things. Um, and I know everyone else has, has got your back. So never, never hesitate to reach out and, uh, and help. Thanks you know, brother. We, we got you. And, uh, yeah, good combo. Thanks brother. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to chat just been inspired by all the guys on here thankful for you for your idea just doing this make sure you're uh you, you tell the wife we love her because we do 
Yeah, I will. Thanks, brother. Yeah, she says the same. All right, bud. Look forward to look forward to spending more time all together soon. Awesome. Stay safe. All right, brother. Thanks. See ya.